your purpose isn't this like thing that all of a sudden it's just like one day you have it and the next day you don't. It's something that you always have, right? We always have this innate reason for why we're here. We always have an innate source of like deep motivation and inspiration. You're listening to Passages, a podcast for young professionals. Passages are excerpts of novels and bridges from here to there. They're the parts we have to tell and the places we have to move through before we can get to the other side. I'm your host, Chloe, as I navigate my first nine to five and take on the world with crazy big dreams in my back pocket, I'm sitting down with the young and hungry to figure out how to make them happen right alongside you. Tune in each week for stories you can relate to, education you can act on, and empowerment you never saw coming. We're unlocking life and work from the ground up. Ready? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Passages. I'm your host, Chloe, and today I'm unpacking how to live and work with purpose with intuitive career strategist, Emily Eliza Moyer. Emily is a career and leadership development coach on a mission to help professionals find their purpose so that they actually want to wake up and go to work. We deserve to feel motivated and inspired by what we do every day, and Emily makes that dream a reality. After starting her career with Teach for America, both in the classroom and in corporate offices, to moving abroad and joining the team building Remote Year, which is a company that facilitates travel and accommodations for people interested in working remotely, Emily has architected her dream career based on intuitive strategies and methods of tapping into what she really wants for life and for her work. Now with over a decade of experience helping working professionals move past imposter syndrome and approach their career with confidence, Emily puts her all into her coaching programs and ways of connecting with her community. Today's conversation with Emily has more than your average dose of life coaching, and she gives us some unmatched advice on building career goals and crafting a plan to make the career changes that you might be after. Today, Emily and I really unpack steps to take towards unlocking your purpose and the importance of viewing your work through a lens of purpose even early on in your career. She tells her own whirlwind story and gives us some good insight on how to know whether you're on the right path and how to adjust if you're not. We talk crafting a career made for you, redefining pivoting as a natural step, preventing burnout, making career decisions based on your own intuition, and so much more. I can't wait for y'all to hear this. If you love this episode, make sure to subscribe to Passages and share a screenshot to your Instagram story tagging at PassagesPod and at Emily Eliza Moyer so we can hear everything you thought and thank you for listening in. With all that being said, let's get into my conversation with Emily. Let's see. I'd like to actually start back in uh, 2010. I graduated college and my first job out of college was doing Teach for America in Houston, Texas. So I was a fifth grade teacher, started in the classroom, uh, and I still say everything I know today I learned in the classroom. Uh, Any teachers out there, I mean, it's just an incredible education, actually, as a professional. Um, And really, that was the first time I worked in a low-income community in Houston, and I was sort of charged with the idea that um, my students were going to be pretty far behind if I didn't start to help catch them up. So they were already at least a couple of years behind their more affluent peers and if I was going to help them really, you know, have the same types of choices and opportunities for their future, like we had some work to do. Uh, and so that was the first time I really learned how 
um, humans, really, 10-year-olds included, are motivated. And it's through this idea of purpose. So if we help, if we, even for ourselves, understand what our purpose is or understand what really deeply matters to us, it's really a lot easier to work hard. It's a lot easier to get stuff done. It's a lot easier to challenge yourself and push yourself to new heights. And so that was sort of my, my intro into this whole idea of purpose and this whole idea of like, oh, dreams are important because they motivate us, right? We're exactly where we are. And so I would help my students come up with their dreams and use those to really kind of give them a kick in the butt. So that was the intro. Fast forward a few years. I'd been in education for a while. I personally had sort of just run the course. I, I was super, I was still passionate about the idea of, you know, fighting for educational equity in the, in the United States. And I, I cared a lot about my students, but um, I was feeling pretty burned out. It worked really hard. Um, at that point, about five years into my career, I was still in education, but I was working in the fundraising um, side of things for Teach for America. So I had more of like a corporate traditional nine to five job, although it was really more of like an eight to six and an all the time job. Um, and I found myself in this place in life where I wasn't feeling super passionate about where I was. I looked around and I didn't see anybody's job at the organization that I was at who, who I, whose job I wanted. And ultimately, I, I was living with someone who I cared a lot about but knew wasn't the right person for me. I was in Chicago and I really knew I wanted to travel. So it was sort of like I built this like quote unquote perfect life for myself. But everything that I looked around that I had, I was like, this isn't it. This isn't what I want. And uh, I sort of had this like, you know, 24 year old, 25 year old existential crisis about like, is this it? Right? Like, is this what life is all about? Um, and the truth was, is I knew it wasn't. I knew there was something more out there for me. I knew I had something bigger I was supposed to do. And I just didn't know what it was. So I sort of went down my own path of self-discovery and uh, sort of, it was like a ping pong machine, really. Like I was all over the place ping pong machine, pinball machine, uh, and decided to explore applying to business school, decided to uh, read a bunch of books on a million different things and had some really influential ones uh, sort of stick out. Uh, and I kind of got to this place where I knew that A, I had to make a change. Where I was was no longer working. B, I only had really two puzzle pieces that I had figured out. I knew I wanted to travel. I traveled a lot growing up. I missed being abroad so, so, so much. I knew I had to figure out a way to get abroad again. And I knew that I wanted to build a career that I loved. I knew that I wanted to love the work that I did every day. I didn't buy into this idea that work is just work and it's boring and there's always going to be things you don't like and all of that. Like, I just didn't believe that. And so I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I, I started that journey to really figure that out. And a couple of years later, literally a couple of years later, after a ton of experimentation and a ton of like right quote unquote mistakes and lessons and challenges I ended up um, quitting my job at Teach for America buying a one-way plane ticket to Bangkok I applied to business school so through that process I actually did uncover a lot more about myself ended up spending about six months in Thailand and very quickly broke up with the boyfriend decided I wasn't going to business school I knew that I was going to be figuring out how to work remotely from all over the world, somehow, some way. And that was when ultimately, uh, about six months after I'd been abroad, I reached, had reached out to an old friend from high school who'd started a company that took remote professionals on trips around the world, called Remote Air. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but um, 
he had started this company. I was like, this is super cool. Wasn't even looking for a job. Just was like, Hey, I've got some cool coffee shops in Thailand for, you know, your people. And three weeks later, I was on a plane to Istanbul to lead their sales team. And at the time there were only seven of us. So it was a very small team. We grew incredibly fast, but the, the key piece of the story was that this job was literally my dream job. I mean, it was everything I could have ever wanted. And the only reason I knew that it was actually my dream job was because I had spent so much time actually figuring out what I really wanted. And I'd followed those breadcrumbs and I'd followed what, was, what I was curious about. And it was hard to follow those things, right? It required me picking up and like destroying quote unquote my entire life to actually figure out the things that really mattered to me and the things that I really loved. So when remote year sort of appeared as this like dream job, it wasn't that I always knew what it was. It was just that by the time I had gotten there, I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do. So spent the last, spent about four or five years literally working remotely from all over the world, building an incredible sales and marketing team uh, and got to watch remote year grow into just such a beautiful, incredible company. Um, and then as happens with startups, we needed to raise more money. We, we really struggled with it. And I ultimately got laid off with the rest of my team, which anyone I would say in America at this point, it's a rite of passage, I think, into the professional world. Um, but it actually ended up being the kick in the ass that I needed to go start my business. I knew that I wanted to um, be my own boss. And it, I knew that it was like one of those things where if I never tried, I would, I would regret it, right? It was like just like this gnawing feeling. And so... Um, I, I knew again, like I had spent years at remote, you're helping people chase their dreams of working remotely from around the world. That was what my team did. So I, at that point had been helping people figure out what their dreams are and go after them for my entire career. So it just sort of naturally felt right that I would continue to help people find their purpose and define their dreams and, and go build a career and a life that they love. So that is how I ended up here on this podcast with you talking about how I became an intuitive career strategist. So it's more of a long-winded story, but there you go. That's incredible. I, I want to be you and I grow up <laughs> doing the things that you did. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have friends I know who are in Teach for America, so I'm, I'm glad to know that that's, I didn't know that was part of your story. Um, so that's so interesting. And I had heard of Remote Year, actually, so that's, that's, that's amazing. I'm <laughs> so energized by that. Um, so the core of our audience and, and even myself <laughs> is college age or right out of college, early career professional. Um, and, and that's definitely, I know where I am in life. And, and I admire this mindset of being purpose-driven, but we're so young, right? And like, in in the corp in corporate America in in a classic nine to five you're so low on the totem pole. Um, I think there's nuance, you know. Like I work for a really great team that gives me a lot of autonomy and um, is energizing for me. But I know for a lot of my friends that's not that's not even the case. And so I love to talk with just kind of starting there. Mm -hmm. Advice that you'd have right off the bat for anybody who's right out of college. And, and they're excited about the idea of following their purpose, but they just can't see how that would translate to being so early in their career. Yes. So uh, just a, a, a reminder, I helped my 10-year-old students figure out, quote, unquote, <laughs> what their purpose was. So you for anybody. <laughs> I say that ultimately, as humans, we are wired for it. Okay. Now, 
granted, my 10-year-old's purpose was like their big dream of like becoming a basketball player or whatever they wanted to be. But still at that time, right, or an astronaut or whatever it was at that time, that was their dream. That was like the thing that really mattered to them. It was so real, right? And so now when I talk about purpose of clients, like purpose isn't like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's not what you want to be, right? It's not a job. Um, and I talk about this all the time. This is a little bit of a tangent, but ultimately your purpose isn't this like thing that all of a sudden it's just like one day you have it and the next day you don't. It's something that you always have, right? We always have this innate reason for why we're here. We always have an innate source of like deep motivation and inspiration. That is your purpose, right? Your deepest source of motivation and inspiration comes from your purpose. And ultimately, our purpose, I believe, is actually relatively the same our whole lives. We just get to know it better and better and better and better and better. So that 10-year-old who's like, oh, I want to be an astronaut, it's like, well, well eventually that 10-year-old might realize that he wanted to be or she wanted to be an astronaut because her purpose is about exploring right? Unknown territory. And her role is to ensure that we are, you know, really exploring and say whatever it is, right? So ultimately these things that as kids were like, oh, the thing that we wanted to be when we grew up, like that's cute. She wants to be a doctor. But no, when she grows up, she wants to be a doctor because she deeply believes in serving others and helping people and healing others, right? So that ultimately is how your purpose evolves is that you just kind of, it un it's like an onion, right? It just, you get closer and closer and closer to the core of what it actually is. So if you are right out of college or even in college, right? Like starting to ask yourself these questions, starting to intentionally discover what your purpose is, is actually wildly important. And it is so possible. Uh, and it is even so possible even in a traditional nine to five job. And the other, I think, thing I always like to share is, I mean, I have clients come to me all the time and say like, I'm unhappy at work. I need a career change. I got to pivot. I got to get out. Like I hate my job. And then they go through my program and they uncover what their purpose is and they create a vision for what they want their life to look like. And they realize that where they are is actually in complete alignment with what lights them up and with what the bigger vision is for their life. And it doesn't necessarily mean they want to be there forever, but they start to have context for why the job they're at matters right now. They also have context for how they can start to choose to view their work through the lens of purpose every day. And with those two tools, this job that they hated yesterday, right, now has an entirely new meaning for them. And they're able to approach it with a new sense and a refreshed sense of inspiration and motivation because it isn't just this thing that they accidentally fell into that they didn't choose, it happened to them. Instead, it's this thing that ultimately is a wildly important step on their journey, and they realize that they chose it for a reason. And we are never where we are forever. Everything's temporary. So realizing that they have the agency and the choice and the control to make a change whenever they actually decide that they need to, but not just making it because they're trying to escape something or avoid something. They're making changes and choices based on where they're intentionally going next. Mm. Wow. Okay. I, I, I definitely want to dig into alignment and that that's my next big topic that I'd love to ask you about. But in terms of without spilling all, <laughs> all your beautiful wisdom from your program. I'm an open book. I tell everything. So. <laughs> is there like maybe one or two questions or an example that somebody could journal about tonight 
to think about how to unlock that kind of that deep purpose. I'm sure yes. there's like a million different ways yes. to go about it, but what's maybe like one or two tactical pieces of advice? Yes. So a few questions I'll give. The first question is what energizes me? The second question is what big contributions have I made to a person, place, or thing? What challenges have I overcome and how might I want to help others overcome similar challenges? And what impact do I want to have on the world? Mm -hmm. And if you take those four questions and if you journal on them and then you look for the patterns and the themes that pop up, mm -hmm. that is ultimately going to lead you towards your purpose. Mm -hmm. So the synthesis of the themes and the patterns that pop up and the answers to those questions will start to help you move towards getting clarity around whatever your purpose is. And I will even say, I'll add on one more thing. I have the exact worksheet that I use in my purpose session free on my website still. I need to take it off soon because like it's a really important part of our program and it is incredible. I've literally had people do it for free and then email me and be like, can I pay you for this? This is like too good. Um, but really if anybody's listening to this, like it is the, my entire purpose session is on that is free on my website right now. And if you actually do the exercise, you will uncover what your purpose actually is. And it even has journaling props on how to take your purpose and start to use it as a lens through which you view your daily life, through which you, how you make decisions and how you actually work, so. Gosh, all right, so BRB, I'm gonna go. <laughs> that real quick. Chloe's got some homework to do. <laughs> no, I love that, that's super helpful. And I'll, I'll make sure to link that um, for sure in the podcast episode. So back towards this idea of alignment. Um, I'd love to ask you what alignment, I guess in the sense of like, am I working for the right place at the right time right now? Like, am I where I need to be right now? What does that look and feel like? When you're in alignment, you know, it's as simple as that, but you know, because you know what your purpose is, you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know you're on the right path. So What's incredible once you have a clear purpose and a clear vision for your life, that wishy-washy feeling of like, what direction do I go? And like, am I on the right path, right? This, am I on the right path? It goes away because you know you're on the right path. You have clearly defined what lights you up and you know that that's the thing that lights you up because you keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And you know you're in alignment because you're, you have this vision for your life that you're super fucking excited about. Mm -hmm. So you know you're in alignment because you're like, oh my, that's still the thing that I'm excited about. And by the way, you can change your mind at any time. But ultimately, if you are feeling like, I don't know if I'm on the right path, it's because you haven't actually clearly defined what you want your path to look like, right? Mm -hmm. You haven't actually defined where you're going. It's hard to know if you're on the right path if you don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll take a step back. How do you know if you're in alignment and how does it feel? You feel confident. You feel clear. You have shitty challenging days and you're like, well, I at least still know I'm doing the right thing and I just got to keep going, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have been in multiple different organizations. I've worked for a nonprofit. I've worked for a startup. I've worked for a big company. I've started my own company. It is not 
the company's responsibility. It's not your manager's responsibility. It's nobody's responsibility but you to figure out what motivates you and to figure out what inspires you and to figure out how your purpose is in alignment with the company or the organization that you work for. It's your responsibility. So right now, like I'm in this magical place where I've started my own business. So like, of course it's in perfect alignment with my purpose because my whole business is, is right, is like centered on, on that. However, when I was leading my team at Remote Year, what I would always do, I mean, we did this all the time. I would teach them how to uncover their purpose. We would talk about Remote Year's mission and I would, we would intentionally talk about how their individual purpose was connected to the company mission so that they could actually see how the work that they did every day was in alignment with the company's purpose and mission. And making that intentional connection makes you feel so much more excited and invested and involved in the work that you're doing because it feels like it matters to you. Not just that it matters to somebody else or to the world or to whatever, it matters to you. Mm -hmm. And now not every company or every team has a purpose or mission, and I know that, that that's true. Thankfully, we're in a world where Many do, right? But even if you're not in a purpose-driven organization, you can still draw those connections. You can still find stories of how the products you guys create or the technology you create, how that actually has an impact on people, right? Look for those stories as the employee so that you can sort of develop or create your own company mission or purpose. You really understand the impact of the work that your company does. And then connect what your individual purpose is back to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming misalignment is just the opposite. <laughs> Misalignment's when you're questioning constantly. Misalignment's when you feel like, and the question that keeps coming up is, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? Misalignment is feeling directionless, aimless, stuck, um, you know, un, uninspired, uh, un, unhappy. If you're unhappy in your work every day, right? Like it's misaligned, right? Like you're not in alignment with your purpose. You're not in alignment with this bigger vision. Um, so, so yeah. If somebody's in misalignment, what do you, how fast do you encourage somebody to take action on that misalignment? Does that make sense? Like if, if more and more days, more and more weeks, more and more months have kind of passed and you are just wrestling with this fact, like this isn't for me, but I don't know what's next. I'm going to journal tonight, but then what do I do tomorrow? Like what, how much time should somebody give themselves and patience should they give themselves to, to take the next decision? So I actually truly believe for the most part that you can find, if you know your purpose and you know your vision, you can find alignment where you are, even if you hate your, hate your job, mm -hmm. even if you know that your job is like not the right one. That being said, so I would say like step one, figure out what your purpose is, get clear on what your vision is and intentionally connect where you are in your life and in where you are in your role and in your job to, to those two pieces. Mm -hmm. That being said, like, there is also a certain point in time when like you got to go, right? Like you, wherever you are at this job, like it's not working for you. It's not where you want to be. Like you got to sort of, you got to, you got to cut it. Um, the timing piece I think is really, really personal. Like what I would usually say to a client is first of all, you know, you know when it's time, right? It's like breaking up with someone, you know, when it's time to break up with someone. 
And so it's just about trusting yourself. It's about really allowing yourself to say like, when is enough is enough, like enough is enough with a person, with a job, with any of that. There is no hard and fast rule for that. Now, the other thing I'll say about that too is particularly, and I don't say this could be for relationships too, but having a plan in place is always a good idea. So if you are going to quit your job and maybe go start your own business or whatever, go travel the world or whatever you want to do, um, like back, be smart about it, right? Like have a plan in place, like have an understanding of what your expenses are, have an understanding of how many months you can go without going into debt. Think about, and listen, there's nothing wrong with if you have to go into debt for a little, I went into debt while I was building my business. Like that was a, a choice that I made, right? But make it a choice, not a, oh fuck, I didn't make a plan and now I'm $20,000 in debt, right? Mm -hmm. So ultimately I think, you know, when you are making that, that decision, A, trust yourself. Like if you've got your, intu if your intuition, right, is telling you like it is time, it is time, it is time. Like it's just on you to listen to it then. But also it makes it way easier to take those risks when you do have that plan in place. And I know quite often like the fear of quitting or the fear of taking a risk usually is just rooted in the unknown. And the second, this happens with clients all the time, the second you actually map out how, what your expenses are, what money you have coming in, how much you have in savings or how much you could even get from unemployment, right? Like then you actually just see like, oh, actually I have six months. I'm like, in six months, I can totally figure out like what I want to do next, right? Like that's not so scary. And then ultimately what you do is you, you take that leap rather than jumping off the high dive. It's like a step <laughs> into uh, the water. So that's sort of how I would yeah. encourage someone to make that choice. Yeah, I, I agree that I, I'm a huge advocate for trusting yourself. And I yeah. love I love how you're not a career strategist, you're an intuitive career strategist. I I've never heard that before. And I, I think that that's amazing. <laughs> Deeply inspires me. So for anybody who's, again, kind of on the, on the younger end of the spectrum or is, is exactly in that period of time where they can think about like, okay, the world is my oyster. Like I, my resume is blank or I have, you know, an internship or something like that. And I'm assessing career paths. I'm assessing grad school. I mean, I'm in a position in my life where the, where the door is open and it's up to me to decide. Do you have any go-to questions for anybody who's looking, who just Googled like, what are all the jobs I can ever do? <laughs> They're just looking at a list of a hundred um, and assessing. Um, and, and specifically also with that, I had a friend that reached out on Instagram with a question that I thought was really interesting about like, how do I know what's right for present me versus what was right for past me or what might be right for future me? And I thought that was an epic question. So maybe we can cover it all kind of in one, in one go. <laughs> The last thing you said is so funny because, okay, so my, this journey into, actually the journey into remote years started with, actually, I started a travel blog called letsroamwild.com. It is not up. I tried to save it recently, but I think it's dead. I think I lost the domain. But anyways, um, one of the, it was super cute. One of the posts that I posted, I literally wrote, I'm doing this for future me. Mm. And it was, it's interesting when I look back, but by the way, doing this was quitting my job to go travel the world. I was like, I'm doing this for future me. So it's such an interesting, uh, it's such an interesting thing because actually at the time, that's what I needed to do. Like present me was so 
fearful. Present me was just so freaking scared that I was like destroying my life that I had to like almost step out of it and just be like, I'm doing this because future me will be happy that I did this, right? Like I couldn't even own it in the time. But actually what I really would recommend now to people is like, don't worry about future you. Don't worry about past you. Like only tune in to what you want right now because you are not going to know what you're going to want in the future. It doesn't matter what you wanted in the past. Like tune into what you want now and then tune into what you want now because it's one second later and then tune into what you want now because it's one day later and just keep tuning into what you want because we just we think we can predict what we're going to want. We have no idea. We cannot predict it, right? So all we can do is make decisions based on where we are right now. So with all that being said, I do think it's possible that when we're younger, it's a little easier to have that context of like, well, I'm going to do this for future me because the truth is, is right? Like there is a lot of fear. We don't have all that confidence of like, I can take over the world and I can do anything I want because we haven't really done anything yet, right? Like we're just out of school. Like we, we haven't really entered into the professional workforce. Um, but I will say like, I would, I, even from the beginning will always say like, learn how to tune into yourself, learn how to ask yourself, what do I want? And listen to that. I, it took me years to stop asking, looking for approval from others, to stop looking for validation from my dad, that I was on the right career path to stop looking for validation from my friends that I was making the right choice. Right? Like it took me years to stop looking and to start looking inward and to start, start listening to what I actually wanted and to actually start to take action towards what I wanted. So I'd say even if you are just graduating and you are entering the workforce, like practice, 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 asking yourself what you want and let that be the only answer that is allowed to exist. Mm -hmm. I get that there's lots of jobs out there. There's like millions of jobs out there and like scrolling LinkedIn jobs is like the thing now that people do, right? Um, Listen, maybe you'll get inspired one day by a job and you're like, oh my God, this is perfect for me. I actually just think it's a waste of time. I truly believe that the best thing you can do to start is once you ask yourself what you want, write down your ideal job description without looking at any job descriptions that exist. Write down all the things that you'd love to do during the day, all the things that you think are cool, right? Like you're in college, you're, you haven't ever like, I mean, you had, you've done stuff, right? Like you've had some part-time job or even a full-time job or you've been to class or, you know, you've done these things. So based on what you've already done and what you've already been interested in, make a list of all of those things and craft your ideal job description. And what you're doing when you do that is you're sort of saying, instead of online shopping and just looking and seeing what the, the options are that are out there, right? Instead, you're saying, like, I'm going to create my own T-shirt or whatever, the one that's going to actually fit me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The other way I like to explain this, too, is, like, it's kind of like there's lots of boxes, and you're looking to fit yourself into everybody else's box, but ultimately, like, you have to create your own and invite in the perfect solution that fits your perfect box. Mm -hmm. So I call it career crafting. And ultimately, I didn't really know that that was like a thing right out of college, right? Like I didn't, I didn't learn that until way later. Mm -hmm. But I believe that it's something that it, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you're going to create, you're going to love the first job that you end up in. It doesn't mean you're going to love the third job that you end up in. But what it will mean is that you are actually choosing a path that is right in alignment with what you actually want. 
and you're learning that you have so much more control and agency and power in the creation of your career than you think you do, right? Mm -hmm. What really resonates with me about everything that you just said is this instant reflection of the only thing that worked for me when I was a senior in college to find the job that I now have what what like the light bulb moment the light switch like the thing that changed for me is um the school i went to we had like most schools do kind of a career portal right like a oh companies upload what 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 they have available and it's specifically for my school they're recruiting from my school and i would try so desperately to just kind of like scroll or choose like one option you know like i was so fearful of choosing of going too deep on like, this is what I really want. So I would stay kind of safe and broad. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of interested in marketing, like what exists. And I would just click the broad like marketing bubble. Then I'd scroll through like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things to, 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 to no avail because like every company just felt like the last. And finally, I remember I hit, I hit this breaking point in like January and it boggles my mind now, but like at that time, I was one of the last friends to have secured a job coming out of college. Like, oh, the young professional experience, you know, like everybody I knew already knew what they were doing after graduation. And like the career fair was coming up, all these things. And I felt humiliated that I was still looking, but I I switched my mindset to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go all freaking in I'm going to do everything everybody's always told me to do. So I looked into like the career counseling center and I attended every single study. But I mean, I went above and beyond. I soaked up the energy of trying to find a job. But what really worked for me, and this is what I mean, it's like invalidating what you just said, is I one afternoon, I remember I went to that career portal and I clicked every specific thing that I wanted. Like, like I could not have been more specific. I was like, this is my major. This is what I focused on. This is my dream city ever that I really want to work for. I don't really know what I want to do. So let me click rotational program. And one option popped up. I have chills. One option popped up and I got the job and it changed my entire life. And if you're listening, if that is not like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just want to like validate and say that that really resonated with me. And that's and it. That's why I get so freaking hype. <laughs> that's what I'm so excited. That is it though. Like re- anybody who's listening, rewind and re-listen to what Chloe just said. Like th- that is literally the real life example of what I was just saying. And it is, that's how it should always be. That, how, that's how it has to always, that's how it has to always be if you want to continuously build a career that's in perfect alignment with you and what you want. Mm-hmm. So even if you're like out there scrolling, right? Like how can you scroll very specifically and look for only what you want, right? Like we start off so broad and even when we're talking to people about jobs or our business or whatever we want, we stay so broad because we're like, well, I've got to be able to fit in to every job, right? I don't want to miss out on an opportunity because I say I want to be this kind of marketer instead of this kind of marketer. It's just not how it works. Mm -hmm. If you are not specific, if you are not niching down, that means you fit nothing, not everything. It means you fit nothing. Mm -hmm. 
Versus if you niche down, if you get super specific, that's when a company says, oh yeah, you're perfect for what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. It's like dating, right? (laughs) You can't be the person for everybody, right? Everybody's not the person for you. It's one fucking person. And then maybe there's another person later down the line, but for that moment, right? It's just that one person. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. Jobs are not looking for 50 people to fill that. They're looking for you. And they have to know that you're the right one. And the only way they're going to know you're the right one is A, if you actually find it, find the role because you niche down, right? And you applied. And B, because you, you presented yourself as the person who is the perfect fit for that role because you were so you. You weren't everybody else. You were you, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I get real excited too when I start Me shouting, too. but I get real excited. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So pivoting a little bit, just, just to kind of keep rolling here. How do you coach anybody who's thinking about taking kind of a 180, like going fully pivot? Okay. I'm in a line or I know what would, what, what stuff I need to take to get into alignment. Like, and, and it's, it's out there. It's a lot different than what I thought. How do you coach people who are terrified of the risk of going in a completely new direction? So I first want to caveat with, I've made like four huge pivots in my career. I went from, I was still in education, but I went from being in the classroom to being in a nonprofit to quitting and being a travel blogger to running a sales team eventually of 30 people in a venture-backed travel startup to starting my own business and being a coach and an entrepreneur. Okay. I'm the queen of fucking pivots. By the way, in remote year, I also had a million different jobs, but I had three different jobs. I was the head of sales, I was chief of staff, and I was head of brand and content leading our marketing team. I had had zero experience as a salesperson beforehand, a teeny, teeny, tiny bit. I had zero experience as a marketer before I became our head of brand and content, okay? Chief of staff is like a catch-all title. It means something different for everybody. But um, I say all that to say that like we think pivots are this like crazy thing and they're just not. They're so normal, right? And you think you're making this massive pivot, but like honestly, you're going to use all the skills that you learned in the last job. You're going to use it in your next job, even if you have no idea how, right? Like I said at the beginning of this call, I'm an entrepreneur. I run my own business, right? I, 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 my entire career has set me up to be where I am right now. I know how to do marketing because I was ahead of marketing. I know how to do sales because I was ahead of sales. I know how to help people chase their dreams because well, I've been doing that for a decade. I know how to coach because I was properly trained how to coach to teach for America. I know how to create systems and organizational, you know, structures because I learned how to do it in the classroom and I learned how to do it in corporate America through teach, through teach for America and through remote years. So I say all that to say pivots are normal. Pivots are way less scary when you just sort of see them as a step instead of a 180 pivot, right? And you will always be, you're never actually starting over because you're always bringing in the skills and the experiences that you had from your previous roles into whatever you're doing next. So I guess the first thing I say when I'm coaching is just like, chill out. Like, it's actually not as scary as it seems. Um, and also, it's, it's, it's probably going to be really exciting. Like, if you are making a big pivot like that, it's like you're entering into an entirely new chapter of your life right? And so ultimately, we think we have to be able to see one of my favorite, I'll pause for a second. One of my absolute favorite quotes, this is an Emily, an Emily one, but I'm going to give you a nod, Emily one too, is baby steps are sexy too, which I can't even, I don't even know who said that. I stole that from someone, but 
baby steps are sexy too. Like there, that is the whole process, right? Again, there's no high dive. It's just baby steps. Mm-hmm. If you're making that pivot, what is one thing you can do today towards that goal of that pivot, right? Mm-hmm. One thing, not 50 things, one thing, right? MLK has an incredible quote. I'm going to misquote it, but it's about you don't have to see the entire staircase to be able to take one step. Mm-hmm. So there's my advice. Mm. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> coach people and they come to the resolution that what they really want to do or what would be right for them is graduate school or continued education. I know some people had, had reached out on Instagram really curious about how do I strategize timing for going back to school? Um, I don't know if you have any, have any advice for somebody that's thinking in that, in that way. I do. Uh, I have probably some unpopular advice. So I, there are very few careers that I think you need a graduate degree for. Yes. If you want to become a lawyer, you got to go to law school. If you want to become a doctor, you got to go to med school. Right. But we think we need so much more like traditional school than we actually do. For example, I applied to business school, right? I thought I needed to go to business school to even learn how to become an entrepreneur. Like I thought that was my path. I was going to go to business school to become an entrepreneur. And then I realized, hmm, $100,000 in debt isn't going to really be the best way to start my entrepreneurship journey. And looking back on it, I mean, I didn't go, but I, I, it was the best decision I ever made not to go because I don't care who you are. You do not know how to start a business until you start a business. I don't care if you went to business school. I don't care if you did a training program. You do not know how to start a business until you start a business. Probably, Chloe, you know this from your podcast. You don't know how to start a podcast until you start a podcast, right? So the, my business school has been building my business, right? That's not to say there aren't more things to learn. I am in, I have three coaches right now. I'm in a mastermind group. I'm constantly learning and I will forever be learning. But I don't believe that you have to go to graduate school, right? There's no one for so many of our careers. Graduate school isn't the only option and it is a very expensive and time consuming option, especially if you're doing a full-time program, it's probably time away from doing the thing that you actually want to do. So whatever education that you are looking into, I would say, do you really need it? Or do you just think you need it because you don't actually believe in yourself? Mm. And if you, and if you do need it, how can you do it in a way where it's part-time and in support of the career that you're actually doing? Like start your career, like do the damn thing and also get education on the side, right? That's how Teach for America is designed. I didn't have an education degree. I got in the classroom. This is probably why I believe this. I got in the classroom and I had, I had a six-week summer boot camp, got in the classroom my first year of teaching. I took classes the whole time through Teach for America. They taught me how to teach while I was in the classroom. And I just, that's, that's my method for like life now, right? If I want to learn how to do something, I take, maybe I took a class on it, right? Like a six week class or something. And then I just do it and I keep learning as I do. And I keep taking classes as I do, but don't stop doing the thing. So again, there are, right. Some people want to get their PhD because they want to become a professor and you have to get your PhD. I, I don't really know, right? There are certain paths where graduate school is a requirement, but I know so many people who never get started on achieving their dreams because they think they need school and they don't. And I will even say for myself, I was super hung up on thinking I needed a coaching certification. I was, 
I know how to coach because one, I was taught by Teach for America. I've read every fucking coaching book on the block. I've led a huge team. I've coached coach. I've coached my managers on how to coach, right? Like that's, it's been a part of my entire professional career. That being said, I was entering into this coaching world, right? And all of these coaches have like certifications, but like, this is like the complete wild west. Like nobody knows that these certifications are good. I read the handbooks of these coaching programs. I know all this stuff in the handbooks, right? I needed a coaching certification because I felt like that was what, like I wasn't believing in myself, right? And the second I just stopped, like, well, that saved me $10,000, right? And again, it's not that I'm not learning, I am, but I was holding myself back because I thought I needed the certification when actually I already had the skill set. So I was just trying to get a piece of paper, which like when I realized that that's what I was trying to do, I was like, that is stupid. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so yes, that's my thought on grad school. Yeah. And if you're doing grad school to figure out your life, to figure out what you want to do, terrible idea. Do path to purpose instead. Shameless <laughs> <laughs> plug. Yeah, it's it way is. cheaper too. <laughs> that's going to be my new marketing campaign. Thinking about grad school, do path to purpose instead. You'll save $100,000. <laughs> No, I think that's really important. I mean, I think it is, that's the honesty that I think some people might have need. I know I for sure. So between you and me and everybody listening to this, I too applied to grad school and got in when I didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't know that a lot of people know that about me, but I applied to a school in Washington, DC to study strategic communications and I got in with a scholarship. And then I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> this isn't, it was such a, I was excited about it. I mean, that obviously like, that's kind of why I applied, but um, yeah, fun fact that happened. And then when I got the job, it was such a different, like I mentioned earlier, right? The same kind of story. When I got that position, it was so clear that that's what I needed to do. Like everything in my heart and soul was pointing to that direction. So um, I like that you shared that. I, I, you just reminded me. I applied to grad school my senior year too and got in. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember what the program was now, but you just reminded me that the first time I applied to grad school was at Wisconsin and there was like a, there was like a fifth year something grad yep. program. Cannot even remember what it was now. Like, can I prolong decisions about my like risk? <laughs> it's literally what it is. It is prolonging, taking yeah. the risk and doing the thing. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm inspired by like the principles that you could learn in grad school. And, and yeah, like we said, you know, I think there's, there's paths that you definitely do need it. Um, but I'll be curious, like as, as I proceed in life and, and as my friends do, like how I'll continue to get that education and when that decision ever comes, because I mean, yeah, I would love to learn from like professors in their field on the things that I'm curious about. And I love like an intellectual discussion to learn those things. Um, does that have to be grad school? Like, no, maybe, maybe not. You know, I'll yeah, be curious I mean, to see what happens. Yeah. As an online educator, like I obviously believe there's other options now because yeah. I literally build online courses. But the truth is, is education, sh education is shifting, right? So when you sign up for grad school, you're signing up for like, you don't know what teachers you're getting. You don't know like who everybody you're signing up to work with, right? Like there's, you're signing up for something that's actually quite broad in a lot of ways, right? You take classes you don't really know if you're going to ever use versus when you, there's so much incredible online education now and well, eventually in-person education, but really it's just, it's, it's again, it's like education is niching down, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, if you want to learn something really specific, you go to this person who's an expert. 
this person. It's like as if you could go to grad school and pick out the teachers and classes that you wanted so that you could specifically learn from the people that you wanted to learn from, then maybe it would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I think that's so interesting to talk about. Okay. Have you ever kind of wrapping up, but there's, there's a few other topics that I, I just, you're just an expert in and I got, I got to pick your brain. Um, I think this could be squished into one topic. I want to talk about mind body connection and energy and what that means for you as a career strategist and what that means for me as a young professional. Like, why does that matter? And how does looking at your life holistically through this mind body connection lens really impact your career decisions and, and your growth? So, one of the things that I've experienced multiple times in my life and continue to experience uh, because it's something that is a challenge for me, it's a challenge for many of us, is um, burnout. Mm. And it's something that I, I, I mean, I hear every day from my clients. I hear every day from my, from people on Instagram. Like I hear all the damn time, this idea of burnout. So I'm starting there to say like, let's talk about what happens, right? What's the, what's the outcome? We're talking about mind body connection, but really it's like, let's root this in our careers and what, what can happen. So this, so this concept of burnout, right? It can happen because you feel like you, you've worked too hard, you've worked too many hours, you've uh, been doing too many high-level strategic projects at once, you don't have any free time, you don't have any self-care. Like there's it, so many different reasons. You're, you have toxic work environment, you have a bad boss, all these different reasons for quote-unquote burnout. But I actually believe that burnout stems, again, from you. We all, again, have to take personal responsibility and ownership for ourselves and our lives. If we are burned out, it is on us. It's on us because we didn't set boundaries. And by the way, if we don't set that proper boundaries, it's probably because A, we've either never learned, don't know what they are, or B, don't believe we're worthy of setting them. We burn out because we don't carve out any time for ourselves, right? Boundaries too, but really specifically like we don't have a morning routine or an evening routine or take vacation or stop scrolling. You know, we scroll first thing in the morning and we scroll before we go to bed and we check emails constantly and like all that stuff, right? Um, We uh, are perfectionists, right? Mm -hmm. Perfectionism is a huge one. Mm -hmm. We cannot stop until it's perfect. We're people pleasers right? We have depression and anxiety and we think it's just like a quote unquote chemical imbalance, but actually it's because we have a lot of old unhealed wounds that we are not facing and we let that just continue to go, 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 go. I mean, the list goes on, right? So all of this to say that we can't mind, body, soul connection. Like I have this image actually that I, I share in one of my courses that we think that there are three different things. I have my mind, my brain, I have my body, my physical skin, and I have my soul, right? Like this like thing that is like indescribable that's inside me. And we think that like, right, I work out for my body, I learn for my mind, I whatever, go to church or synagogue or something for my soul, right? Whatever. I actually believe, and like this is rooted in more Vedic philosophy, more sort of Eastern philosophy, that we actually have 
levels. It's almost like layers. Like think of it like an onion. Okay. So rather than, you know, each, each layer of the onion, we have a layer that's our physical body. We have a layer that's our intellectual body. We have a layer that's our energetic body. And each of these is not one part of our body. It's layers of a whole thing. So all that to say that we can't just right? Like ignore a piece of that layer and expect that nothing bad will happen. If we keep, here's how this plays out. If we keep thinking negative thoughts in our head about ourselves, I'm not good enough. Everything I say in meetings is stupid. What happens? Well, emotionally, you start to feel pretty bad about yourself, right? Right? That ultimately ends up energetically showing up in your energetic field how people interact with you actually might even confirm, they might laugh at something you say in a meeting, right? Then that actually confirms like, oh, everything I say is stupid, right? But you've actually attracted that in because you have believed that about yourself. So now you're actually just A, inviting that in and B, confirming it. So energetically, that's what you're carrying. Energetically, that's what you're calling back in. And then your, our bodies, I mean, it's scientifically proven that our bodies physically hold that kind of stuff. It, our, our bodies hold trauma in in our physical layers like in our fascia is actually where they say it's held our fascia is whatever we don't need to go into anatomy so ultimately i say this to say six months down the line you could ultimately be like feeling good feeling super confident and then all of a sudden someone disagrees with something you say and all of a sudden you're like oh everything i say is so stupid i'm such i'm such an idiot like you go down this like spiral again because this old story right? That's stuck in your fascia, that's in your body is now energetically called back up. And though, even though you're on top of your game and you're crushing it and you're feeling super confident, that old story is still there. So I say that to say, this is sort of a roundabout way of saying that exploring all of these different parts of ourselves is a journey and starting to understand that they 100% affect your work. They affect how happy you are at work. They affect how fulfilled and meaningful your work feels for you. It affects everything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like, I, I've never heard that before. The, the, the layers piece. I think that's fascinating and it makes so much sense. And I think it's hard to think about it as like, oh, what that means is that everything is going to be in balance at all times of the day, ever, forever. But the very act of being conscious of the fact that it's all related is still important. Is that, would you agree? Is that, am I kind of on the right track? A hundred percent. I mean, uh, yeah, there's, it starts with awareness. It starts with understanding. It starts with awareness, right? So many of us, and me too, by the way, like I was not into any of this stuff until like my late twenties. Like I didn't, I was not spiritual, not into yoga. I hated yoga, like not into anything, anything like this, literally till my late twenties. And it, it, I remember like it just, it start, it started for me with awareness. It starts for everybody with awareness of understanding that you are more than just this physical body that is in on this earth. Mm. And once you start to understand that, and once you start to dig into that, you, you elevate honestly to an entirely different level of being able to operate because you understand yourself so much more and you can be so much more intentional about the choices that you make rather than feeling like oh, burnout happened to me. You start to really be able to understand and see like, no, I'm burning myself out. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, so to, to wrap things up, I, I love to do a lightning round with my guests at the end, just kind right. of a like, don't think, just say. First one, and I feel like you touched on this, so I'm really curious to hear from you. What is a daily ritual or discipline in your morning routine that you swear by? Mm, I have so many. Meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation, meditation, meditation. I'll just meditation, journaling, and iced coffee with a view and moving my body. <laughs> do you have meditations that you recommend or like do you use an app? How do you meditate? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually do transcendental meditation. Okay. So it's a mantra based meditation. It is like a bubble bath for your brain. It is amazing. But I recommend all my clients, anybody who's starting out to actually start with mindfulness. Um, my friends at Rooted Beings are actually launching a how to learn, like how to actually meditate course, which is I, I'm promoting them because I love them so much. And I think their course is amazing. Um, but I will also say that Headspace is an incredible way to get started. Their basics app is like a 10 or the basics package is like a um, a 10 day package where you literally, it's like three minute meditations. That's how I started. And the reason it's amazing is because it teaches you how to do mindfulness meditation and mindfulness is, um, a practice for life that ultimately once you learn it, you can apply it, whether you're meditating or not. And I think it's the, one of the most impactful tools for creating change internally and externally in your life. So I always, always, always start with that. Um, I also love 10% Happier, Joseph Goldstein. He's one of my favorite meditation teachers. So after you've graduated from Headspace, I say always go to, to Joseph Goldstein. So Okay. Yeah, I actually started with Headspace too. I, I tell people I, I meditated for three minutes a day, three days in a row, and it like dramatically changed my life. Yep. Yeah, Headspace. Okay, that's awesome. So what is a crazy big goal that you have for yourself? I'm just going to say the one that came to mind. So I'm, I'm working towards $25,000 months oh, in my yeah. business. So yeah. to me, what that represents is a couple things. It represents that my business has grown to a place where I'm, I'm helping like a lot of people. Like at that point, it's really, it's really uh, about the total impact that I'm able to have. Um, and it also represents a number that allows me to scale even bigger. Um, and I'm at this place where I have this thing. It's like, it's for the masses. It's for the masses. It's for the masses. And the only way that you really create something for the masses is, is when you can, you know, actually financially invest in your business over and over and over again to be able to create an even bigger and bigger and bigger audience. So, uh, that's my, that's my big goal right now is regular, consistent 25 K months. Love it. Love it. Okay. And then last question to end on book quote or other resource that you would leave listeners with today. I know you probably have a thousand. So what's one? (laughs) I do. Oh God. Um, Okay. Book quote or resource. (sighs) Yes. Um, There is a book called Inward by Young Pueblo. Okay. I think it's young Y-U-N-G Pueblo. And uh, it is, um, it's a collection. Actually, his Instagram is amazing. So you can follow him on Instagram. But it's a collection of his Instagram posts. He's a poet and a writer. Um, But it really is, yes, it's young Pueblo. Um, It really was and is in moments where I'm feeling down or like in my moments of big healing, like, you know, we have these chapters of our lives where we're doing a lot of healing. 
his words, and even now just his words spoke to me like written meditation. Like I would read them and I would instantly just be tapped into what I tap into when I meditate, right? This like deeper level, this like deeper soul connection, like his stuff is just, it's very healing to me, his presence. So there, I'll leave you. I'll leave. And it's a really, it's like a $10 buck on Amazon. So go buy it. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Emily, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel awakened. Yay! (laughs) I hope others do too. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Chloe. This is so fun to get to talk to you, and I'm so excited uh, to watch your journey unfold. This interview has transformed me. I am literally looking at everything that Emily has ever posted on social media, her website, her programs, and I want to read it all. (laughs) I literally am so inspired by you, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like your work in helping others identify their purpose and even just acknowledging whether or not they feel like they're part or on the path to purpose, like that in and of itself is transformative. And I'm so excited to hear what everybody thinks of this episode. If you're listening in and you loved this conversation with Emily or you learned something, we'd love to know. We're super open to your feedback and it's really helpful and exciting to kind of shout Emily out. Um, So make sure that you, you share this with your friends, share it on social media. Feel free to always go into our DMs and let us know what you thought so that we can make each episode better and better. I'm so excited to hear what you learned and how you're going to use Emily's wisdom moving forward. Thanks so much for listening in. Make sure you tune in next Friday when our next episode drops. Until then, I'll see you on the other side.